Here's what's coming up on this week's show. I'm not quite sure what my son will do when he comes in from school and I start <laughs> yeah, smelling him. Perhaps don't try that. <laughs> the beat. Welcome to the Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey, hey, how are you doing? Welcome to the Big Little Business Show. It's Paul Mumford over here, the lovely Claire Horsley over there. If you're listening to us for the first time, hi, don't forget to hit that subscribe or follow button so you get future episodes directly into your phone device. And uh, leave us your feedback too. Let us know what you think about the show, what future episodes you'd like us to concentrate on. Maybe there's somewhere that you need a little bit more help in your business. Whatever, let us know. Um, But um, it's great to have you along. And it's also really important, Claire, to make a really good first impression, which is what I've just done there. Do you see what I did there, by the way? Do you see what I did there I did yeah very smooth I didn't know you were going to do that quite so well don't just throw this stuff together you know uh, but that's what we're talking about we're talking about first impressions today uh, it's a very important thing I, you know I can't believe we haven't done this as a topic already and we, we, do you know I think we always touch on it actually in in episodes indirectly <laughs> but surely that's what it's all about in business it's about creating that first impression because otherwise why would people want to know you more and why would they want to know more about you so let's find out why we perhaps need to focus on making a good impression how we make a good impression uh what we do with people that we meet for the first time and perhaps uh we're put on the spot and suddenly we need to bring our a game how do we do that and and all points in between who are we talking with today we're talking with jenny erickson And Jenny works with um, networking companies and businesses in order to help them to convey the right message, the consistent message effectively in order to communicate with their audience um, and build those relationships and use the right words and the right forms of communication. This is the Big Little Business Show. When you're in business, what is the significance of having that really positive first impression when you speak to somebody? Why do you think that's so important? Creating a good first impression is not just about the impression that you give somebody else in order to make make those great relationships and, and to create connectivity. But it's also about what you do beforehand, you know, getting into the zone of being able to do that. So we all like to think we're going to go somewhere and create a good impression but there's work to be done beforehand. So I very much work on the things you should do beforehand in order to create a good impression. Then obviously the things at the time when you're with people, things you can implement in order to create a great impression. Put a pin in that. We'll definitely come back to that. But um, one of the questions I wanted to ask as we get going is how long does it take? Because the reason why I'm asking that is because I've heard that it's actually changed because our environment's changed. So back in the day when we all used to meet face to face, I guess you had a little bit longer because you had more visual cues. But I'm understanding now that it's less time to make a good impression uh, because we got less visual cues. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? We have less visual cues in terms of working, for example, on Zoom, because we're all working online at the moment. And we think there are lots of people that say it's not the same. We don't meet, you know, we're not getting the same vibe from people as we are in real life. But there are visual cues that people can give the little nuanced moves, if you like, the, you know, as people lean into a conversation, a raised eyebrow, something that they will do with their mouth. We can very easily see how people are reacting to us. But you're absolutely right. We only have a very short amount of time for that visual first impression. And that sounds incredibly shallow. But actually turning up in the first place with the right vibe will then have people leaning in and then the behavior and the things that you do afterwards will get people, will take people 
on that journey of building that rapport with you. So not just creating that first impression, but continuing the conversation and building the relationship. So bearing in mind our first impressions um, really count. And for some people, they might be having new experiences, uh, going to meetings they haven't been to before. Um, What would you say if maybe in that first instance you hadn't created the impression that you had intended to? I don't know, maybe you're having a bad day or you weren't quite on form. Um, Is there a way you could change that and change someone's opinion moving forward with maybe a second go? It's keeping the conversation going because we have that statement, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And if we lived by that, well, then none of us, you know, the, the first time we, 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 you know, we do something wrong or we don't you know, do what we wish to do, then we you know we're just, we're never going to show up again. And that would be shame. It's about continuing the conversation. We can hone and shape and refine as we go. So if you go somewhere and it didn't pan out the way you wanted it to be, the important thing is to show up again. And for people to go, oh, you know, it was that person before and, and think, hey, you know, I'm getting to know them because you then when you when you turn up as authentically you and watch and, uh, instead of what you feel people are expecting, that's when you're going to create the best impression. We often have people thinking they have to turn up or speak in a certain way. Um, and that's when you trip yourself up. So actually by showing up as you with your own vibe, with your own words and how your own delivery, that's when you're going to create the most natural flow of conversation. So all is not lost if you stuff up the first time you do something. But the important thing is to show up again and again and for people to get to know you. And very quickly, that thing that you think was maybe a faux pas um, probably actually wasn't even a faux pas. But people forget because then they get to know you. You're building that all important no like and trust are there any um behaviors you think should be avoided um when meeting somebody for the first time i teach networking skills and i talk to people about how they show up and i've got a little section in a presentation i do about the memorable characters for all the wrong reasons so if you want me to walk you through them i'm very very happy yeah this could be quite fun actually this sounds great yeah love this yeah go for it okay so here we go Let's talk about quickly the product specialist. Now, normally the product specialist is the MLMA. So the person that has a multi-level marketing, um, uh, works for a multi-level marketing organization. And when they talk to you, they are very, usually there's a story to tell. Usually they, they've, um, they sell the product because they love the product in the first place, but they will tell you everything about it. It's paraben free, it's cruelty free, it's this and that. If you use the facial scrub with the body wash, it will do this and that and the other <laughs> the bottom and of course that's a huge turnoff because we see the MLM are coming and you can almost see people take a step back the MLM will lose people because they're so enthusiastic they end up turning up with armfuls of stuff and they you know they're, they're blitzing us with information but at the end of the day we want to know does does it work that's what people are always thinking though isn't it really whatever business it is okay how can you help me i totally get that from the mlm as well because those people and i guess it depends on their focus as well so those people have gone into that industry because they want to make money and they see that as a good opportunity for money making they don't do it because well um, uh, this might be generalization but I believe a lot of them don't do it because they genuinely believe in the product first. And if they did genuinely believe in the product, they'd talk about you know, its virtues and the fact that it really works rather than you know, buy my stuff. Let me move you on to the word vomiter. <laughs> 
Oh, I love that. I'm writing that down. Oh, I hate that word vomit. You can't nick it. If you use it, I'll sue you. <laughs> oh. The word vomiter is the person that goes on and on and on without the boundaries. So even though I would encourage you to go to a networking meeting and know what's expected, everybody gets to talk for a minute or you get to talk into breakout rooms. But the word vomiter will either do one of two things. You'll have the lovely person, you know, waving their phone, time is up, and they are motoring on through at 150 miles an hour. They're telling you everything they want to speak like this and nobody understands what they're saying or they will ignore the visual cues from some poor person who's the timekeeper kind of going time is up and they will just keep motoring being memorable getting back to the question about being memorable you don't want to be memorable for that every time Janice comes in she just talks 900 miles an hour she goes for a minute and 30 she takes everybody else's time she dominates the breakout rooms in people's worst nightmare oh I've ended up in a breakout room with her and she's just going to go on and on we all know a word vomiter don't we Claire I thought, how rude. Are you talking about me? <laughs> I wasn't pointing a finger at you. Oh, Claire. No, not at all. No, but well, yeah, I mean, we've all met one someone like that. They might not all be called Janice, but we have met someone like that before. I was thinking, Jenny, is this is um, rather like when we talk about your unique selling points. You know, on paper, you can have, you know, so many people doing the same thing, but surely it's about making that impression as to why, how you do exactly what you do and why you do it. Um, and to allow for your personality to come across because on paper you won't be doing exactly the same thing or be the same sort of person. So your personality surely is as equally as important. Yeah, my my husband and I, we are both introverts, surprisingly enough, even though I'm, I'm quite noisy, and our delivery of something is very different. So say, for example, we were both small business accountants and we had to stay within the parameters of fiscal laws and things or certain things we could do. Our message could be exactly exactly the same, almost the same. But the fact is, he is very gently, softly spoken. And if he's talking about money, for example, Paul wants to talk about, you know, money, his soft delivery would be, you know, I, I you know, I'm, I'm here to help and really support your business and, uh, you know, help you on your way. He's got a soft, warm tonality. I come from a different direction where I would be, you know, I'm here to help you and you just get on with being, you know, doing the wonderful things you do and I will sort it out. We're both saying the same thing, but you will resonate better with one of us. You might just like the, you know, I don't like talking much about money. Uh, the, the more comfy, gentle approach is better. Or, hey, I'm going to use her because she waves her arms about and she looks like she's going to champion me. It's it's our people buy into our vibe. Uh, people buy into that something that we have, something that we say in our delivery that makes them go, you're my person or I want to carry on the conversation. And your vibe might not be right for everyone. So perhaps it's important to think about the fact that you're not going to please everyone. You're not going to be a good fit for everyone. So if you don't make a first impression um, with someone, then that might not necessarily be your fault. It's just that you you just don't click with that person. It might just be that. But also, if you think in the spirit of networking, where we're not just talking talking to the people in the room, but the extended people, then I might not be somebody's person um, for the person in the room. However, they might think, oh, crikey, you know, that would be a great fit for, you know, my friend Colin, who's looking for, a, you know, a really passionate small business accountant. So we're talking to the people in the room, but we're talking to the people in the room's address books and their contacts. And when we think about the degree of the separation now being three instead of six. So we might feel that what we say in the room falls flat because we're not getting the energy back but remember those people should be leaving a networking meeting thinking about how we can help and support one another so 
if it doesn't work in the room, it doesn't mean it doesn't work. It just not, it might not be right for those folk, but who the people that they know, for example. Good point. Yeah. What would you say um, as to the power of the words? Are there certain words that maybe you should avoid, um, especially maybe as we're talking more about Zoom um, and even podcasts? Are there certain words that you would recommend, or ones that are more powerful than others? It's very easy for people's messaging to become what I call the I show. I do this. I am a transformational mindset, something or other. I, 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 I. When we be, when it becomes I, it, we we tend to the, the conversation tends to be the focus on us, and it's not about that. You know, we're talking about this is akin to tennis. You know, when we're wanting to create a good impression with people or peoples it's the the ebb and the flow and when we talk about the i it just becomes boring if if you like so it's about talking about what you do for people you know how people will benefit from 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 what you do talking about the pain points if you like of what people have in in, in their life so taking it away from the i because it, it just becomes boring and the continuity of conversation tends to slow. I often work on the basis of any can with my because, you know, a because is a very powerful word. So, for example, any entrepreneur can exponentially increase their revenue with my coaching and training programs because it teaches them how to attract more clients online without ads. I haven't said I in there once and I haven't even said who I am. And also, there's a little note to that. When I talk to people about saying introducing themselves, it's more powerful when we say, I'm I'm Jenny Erickson, I'm Paul Mumford, I'm Claire Horsley, as opposed to my name is. Children say... You missed Janice. I was Janice, yes. I've, I've morphed into Jenny. <laughs> but it's more powerful. It's a little tiny turn of phrase. I'm Jenny Erickson. I'm, it, it, there is something about it. There is a kind of power, if you like, behind it rather than my name is, which is clunky and what children do. Very true. Yeah. And, and I totally get that whole thing about the I, 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 because it is all about at the end of the day, it's what you can do for me, not what you do for yourself and all about you. And that leads me nicely on to having a little bit of a chat about this um, whole, because if you go to some networking groups, I know not all of them are the same, but some networking groups like you to stand up and do your 60 seconds or your, your elevator pitch. And I know from talking to people that have uh, spoken to me about preparing pitches and stuff and elevator pitches or whatever you want to call them, they find that incredibly nerve wracking because they think they've got to completely talk to time and 60 seconds, that's it, wrap it up, say what you've got to see. And that's just massive pressure. So what advice would you give to people who are contemplating or, or will have to do that at some point? And how can you make that uh, an interesting 60 seconds and not a pressured one. You can't tell everybody what you do in a minute. And that's the mistake a lot of people make that they think that they, and that's the that's where the, the word vomiter comes in because they have this idea that they need to tell ev everybody, um, you know, everything that they, they do. We're, our messaging should be enough that we pique people's interest and want to continue the conversation. It's like a promo, isn't it? It's like a little promo view. It is. So it's like that, you know, you get to that point where um, you, you, you're you at the end of a minute and people go, gosh, I've got to reach out to that person. I need to know more. Oh, wow. A minute is over already. That was engaging. If after 30 seconds, we haven't captured people's interest with our messaging, a third of them will drop off. Mm. That's a proven statistic. Now, if, if you say to people, you've got to talk for a minute without any context, people go, oh, I can't talk for a minute about my business. 
when you say that's 150 words, suddenly doesn't seem so much. And when you show people on paper what 150 words looks like, it almost goes the other way. And they go, oh, God, I can't talk about this. Well, that's such a short amount of time. So how do you make that that count? You know, it's it's about, as I mentioned before, that the example that I'm working with is, you know, taking away the eye and, and starting with a problem or a situation people might be facing, you know, um, any and you know any uh, any entrepreneur can increase increase their revenue with my coaching. So already, if you're using that as an example, you're getting interested because because is such an important word. You know, when we, for example, if we're queuing up at the photocopier, you know, we're uh, it's ten deep. But do we even have photocopiers anymore? I don't even know that we do. I don't do we? Know. In years gone by when we were much younger and all that kind of thing, you've got 10 people queuing up at the photocopy and you need to urgently photocopy something. And you go to the front and you say, can I copy this? Most people go, no, of course you can't. You know, be number 11 in the queue. When you add because, is it okay if I do this because the chairman is waiting for this and the board members are around the table? Because makes all the difference. When we add because in, it makes a huge difference. So I forgot where we're going with this question now. It's less about the eye show, thinking about what you're going to say in, in your minute, really mapping it out. And that, that checklist, you know, who are you helping? Who are you looking for? You know, what do you do? Who can you help? What's the benefits of what you do? It's a case of less is more, that's what I think, because I try to say as le- as as less as possible that uh, the, I try not to say too much initially because it's enough just to uh, encourage the person to say those magic words which is tell me more exactly and you're actually better off saying less than more and this is going to make Mr Mumford's eyes water now it's almost like a mic drop moment we don't drop our mics because they're expensive stuff and you know Mr President Obama can do it and stuff like that but generally don't drop your mic but you're actually better saying less and leaving space for your message to resonate than to word vomit over people. Now, if you'd like, I'd love a further conversation with you to tell you more about this. Ooh, now that's interesting. Rather than you've tried to squeeze absolutely everything in. It really is a little promo of you, isn't it? And you look at any programme on TV, especially on commercial television, where you get that little sort of 10-second nugget at the beginning. We do it on our podcast as well. We do it at the beginning with a little snippet of what's coming up in the show, and that's just enough to make people say, oh, I want to listen to the rest, or I want to watch the rest, or I want to learn a little bit more about you. So I guess in the 60-second pitch, it's a similar sort of thing. It's just a little advert for you, but not really giving away everything at once. It is ex- exactly is is that. And, and talking about things, the stuff that I, I call it the stuff right under your nose, the stuff that people are dealing with, we get caught up in, oh, you know, I'm turning to this networking meeting and I've got to be fancy schmancy and have a really exciting, you know, title and everything. If you create something like that, you create you often create a barrier because people don't know what you do. But if you say, if you're some, if you're a small business owner and all your receipts are in a Tesco carrier bag and you're in a pickle with your accounts, I'd like a chat with you because I'll deal with that while you do what you do best. Boom. I remember going to see a speaker one time who was talking about a similar thing and he used a really good analogy, which he, he called it keeping your smarties under the table. And the way he explained it was if you're 
hosting a children's party uh, and you say to the kids at the beginning, uh, you know, if you behave yourself at the end of the uh, party, there's a bowl, a big bowl of Smarties, you can go help yourself. Then the chances are people are going to behave themselves. But if you give them all the Smarties at the beginning, well, good luck with that party. Exactly. And I guess this is a bit like that, isn't it? You, you don't want you want to be hiding your Smarties under the table and not giving them out at once. Exactly. And as I say, when you direct the conversation about, you know, talking about pain points or things that people are dealing with rather than out of the gate, I am this, I am that, I, I am your peaking interest and and also because so many people dine out on the old what they think is the tried and trusted way of, of, of doing thing it you become it's a fresh approach and it stirs people up it, it shakes up the room if you like and people even if people can't relate to what you're offering you're certainly memorable Oh, I love it when, you know, it's not something I need, but I love it when Janice talks about this particular, because it's always exciting and she's playful and she mixes it up a bit. And it's always lovely to listen to her. And then one time you might figure out, you might meet somebody who can, you know, who would like Janice's services. And because you've listened to that approach of what she does rather than I this, I that, it, it, it's a better fit. You can then un- you understand what she does. You understand what somebody you know needs, and and that the marrying of the two together is is you know works seamlessly. What do you think is more important, the words you use or the way you make people feel? The way you make people feel. As as I said before, even though we can't meet in person yet, and we will be able to meet in in you know somewhere down the line we will be able to but saying things or the way you come across and the way you make people feel and as i say sometimes with less is more when you leave somebody with a thought um it it makes all the difference you'll get people saying oh, i was thinking about what you said or your words and you didn't say very much but what you did say made a difference you know i'm i'm always looking for ways and i'm always finding ways i like to turn you know, meetings for me are about what other people do. So I always turn it on, if you like, to other people. And people say that, you know, I felt that you listened to me. I could see you were listening to me. When you listened to me, it kind of, it gave me a lift. I felt more confident about what I was talking about. Or you maybe send them a little message in the chat. That was great. Thank you for sharing. And you'll get people coming back to you on LinkedIn or something saying, you know, that meeting, you know, you sent that thing. I'd loved hearing about that. It made my day. Oh, I'm going to turn up next week. I wasn't sure if I was going to come another week, but that made my day that you said that. So how you make other people feel just by small gestures, whether they're on Zoom or whether they're in person, make a huge difference. I can give you a really good example of that, Jenny. Mm-hmm. And it happened the very first time I met Claire. Oh. <laughs> Claire and I sort of met because I was looking for a, a networking group to join and I approached quite a few different ones. Claire got in touch. She said, well, let's go and have a coffee, which is yeah, what we used to do back in the day. Do you remember that when we used to go and have coffee and stuff? Oh, my goodness. That seems like such a long time ago i know it does and you hit the nail on the head there jenny we're talking about making how you make people feel at the end of the meeting we'd had a chat and we had a good had a good time and everything one thing that claire said which made me feel really special was i feel like i've made a friend today oh i did say that didn't i and and look now you can't get rid of no, me no i know that's it now <laughs> yeah for, for keeps but uh, but then i i'm a great believer in saying how it is um and being genuine about it because 
that's going to help you, you know, be more authentic and build up those relationships with trust and rapport because that's what it's all about. Exactly. And, and Claire is a great example of how to make people feel good at a, a networking meeting because you know, because she gives you information. So you know what to expect from meetings. So you're already halfway there. Then, of course, you've got to sort out your dodgy Internet connection or that your place to be in the house. That's all kind of secretary. But you know what to expect and you know your going to feel welcomed and warmed and she's going to put you know people together that she and and that makes all the difference totally right oh that's nice thank you it does make a huge difference huge and it makes you can't you know you can't wait for next month and even if you the first time you go you think oh i didn't say that very well whatever you've been in a such a welcoming environment and a a feeling a, a safe space where people are committed to the same thing which ultimately is helping each other you think oh okay i don't know that i did that the way i wanted to it's something for me to think about working on. And I heard somebody else say something, and that was very interesting. Creating those lovely safe spaces and environments where people know what's expected of them and not giving them, you know, throwing them a curveball and expecting them to, you know, to, to pivot makes all the difference. You know, Claire is an expert at that. Oh, thank you, Jenny. Yeah, I totally agree with that. We've dealt with Zoom. We've talked about how to make a good impression if you're doing uh, video call, uh, calls. We've kind of talked about doing it in person as well. But there is another kind of way that people can bump into you, and that's via other forms of social media. Now, the first thing I do when I go to search someone out or find someone or follow someone on Instagram is I look through their timeline and I see if they've got any video and I look at their video because for me that's how I can really get a sense of who they are because they're talking to me I get to understand the way they move their body language all those kind of things so when you're looking for someone on social media or if someone's looking for you on social media are there any tricks that you think that people should be bearing in mind to make sure they make a good impression um, in that medium rather than just, you know, Zoom or face-to-face? It's about you doing you, if you like, being you and not what you think people expect from you. So let me give you an example. I I, I was going to a meeting last year where it's a little bit of a tricky situation. A lady reached out to me and I know she was being coached by somebody else in, in the room, if you like. And there are rules about things like that. There, there, there really are. You don't go and poach somebody else's his clients. But she reached out to me and she wanted some advice. This particular coach had said, you know, you're a pet therapist and you're great at what you do. And I want you to do three Facebook lives a week. You know, that would be great. People will get to know about you. And this poor lady was in pieces. You know, she just didn't know how to how to do that. And, the, the you know, what I took away from from that was the fact that there was no picture of her on her website. There was lovely wording and stuff because she wasn't confident in front of the camera. So it's about, as, as you know, Paul, with, with you know, with the work that you do, it's it's about practicing and trying different things and feeling confident using the medium that you're using, but showing up as you rather than what you think people want you to be. And then by taking those smaller steps, maybe you can guest somewhere on somebody's Facebook page for a few minutes and talk about what you do. And then maybe you can do that Facebook live or create a video for your website or to go on LinkedIn. It's all those smaller steps. People you know, it, it's like the rungs of the ladder, isn't it? You know, the ladder leads to the same place. One's got small rungs, one's got big rungs. I'm a small rung person. I celebrate small steps with people. I think people can achieve going on video, but some people just need more hand-holding and uh, practising before they get there. I think it comes down to, again, what's right for you, isn't it? Because 
um, we've talked about this before, actually, uh, Paul, but when people have so so high expectations of themselves and in, in they have so much fear with getting it wrong that actually what happens is procrastination starts and then you don't do it at all. But it's that's a classic example. It's not a one-size-fits-all. If people are comfortable to do videos, great. If not, then the small steps taken to get to that point are as equally as important because ultimately you're heading towards the same goal. It doesn't have to be video. I mean, there are loads of different ways you can um, get your message out there and put yourself in front of people and make a good impression uh, while we're on that subject. It doesn't have to be about video. No, true. If it's not for you, do find another way. Exactly. I mean, statistically, we know that video, people love video, you know, and, and obviously as a voiceover, my adding voice to video, it's, it's an impactful medium, but it's something that people get very scared about and, oh, I'm not going to be very good at it. It's about chunking it down and taking the smaller steps. And even, you know, if you're going to do a Facebook Live, do it with somebody mm. um, who's going to ask you some questions, agree, scope out where the conversation's going to go. I'll ask you this and I'm going to ask you this and you want to prepare. All those smaller steps lead to people feeling more confident about it. It goes exactly back to what we were talking about in our last episode, Claire, wasn't it, about podcasting, how it might not be anything, something for anyone. And like we've just discovered, talking with Jenny here, when you're making an impression on someone, it's got to be a good one. And I think we mentioned this last week that if you're if you're not, if you don't have all the skills to make a great podcast and you make a rubbish podcast, then that's someone getting a very bad first impression of you. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Exactly. And that was a that's a great episode. I love that episode, actually. I've, I've already listened to it. And uh, uh, everything you say in there makes absolute sense. Uh, but it, often we see people, you know, oh, I'm doing 10 Facebook lives a week or, or whatever. You see somebody showing up and you're thinking, how do they do that? Well, often you know, they've maybe got some post-it notes around the screen. They've got little notes or something in front of them, little prompts or cues or whatever. What we perceive as people being confident isn't actually that at all. Um, so what about, uh, Jenny, your top three golden rules uh, for making a first good impression? Do your homework as much as you can. Do your homework. It isn't always possible. We sometimes meet people impromptu, but do your as much as you can do your homework. Do your homework. Have a message or have a framework that you know is going to land with people. Um and actively listen, take time to listen and be part of an environment. It's a bit like, you know, when you go swimming for the first time or, you know, sitting on the side of the pool and watching people go by and, you know, dipping a toe in and dipping more of a toe in and obviously learning to swim, but actually being part of an environment and, and, and figuring out makes, 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 all the difference and just being known people see you and they start to hear you and then you become on their radar and then people engage with you it's it's a it's a process it's not an immediate thing and just because you you know you feel you might get it wrong first time it, it doesn't mean that's forever the important part is showing up and being consistent with showing up and maybe just tweaking your message along the way as you know because you've heard the show we always like to finish off with a set of questions inspired by a US TV show called Inside the Actor Studio and by the way, if you haven't seen the show, go check it out. There are a few episodes on YouTube and it's really good. Let's just chuck out some questions. And I hope you're fully prepared, Jenny, and you've done your research. I am indeed. I've done my research. <laughs> That's an evil laugh. I'm not liking this. That's a really evil laugh. So let's start off with this one. 
What's your favourite smell? Actually, now this sounds a little bit schmaltzy, but bear with me. Actually, the smell, my favourite smell is the smell of my people. You know, things like my kids' hair and stuff like that, that kind of homey smell. Like That's, that's my favourite smell. But if I'm going for a smell that everybody else can, can connect with, citrus. I'm a citrus girl. Orange, lemon, limes, orangey perfumes, uh, you know, bubble baths. I orange cakes citrus i'm a citrus girl no go with the first one i totally agree with you about the first one and um, bizarrely that's not something we've had as an answer no. and i i love the smell of my daughter's hair i mean she's 21 now she thinks i'm a freak if i'm going around smelling her <laughs> hair but uh, even so you, you know what i mean claire yeah absolutely i'm just thinking i'd never thought of that and we haven't had that um but no. yeah it's when you when you hug those you love and yeah, totally. You get that smell. Oh, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. Spot on. That's a really good answer. My daughter's actually 22 and I'm picking her up from university on Sunday. And that's the first thing I'll do when she gets in the car or how they like I'll, I'll, I'll take a big whiff of my, my beautiful 22-year-old. So, yeah, that home smell that is uniquely your people's smell. <laughs> Not quite sure what my son will do when he comes in from school and I start <laughs> yeah, smelling him. Perhaps don't try that. <laughs> okay, let me smell you. Come here. I'm going to do that, actually. Uh, what about your favourite biscuit, Jenny? Now, oh, be controversial. Oh, this is the one. Oh, I can't believe this biscuit question gets su- such controversy. <laughs> I want to be controversial because I love Jaffa cakes and I think they're more of a biscuit than a cake. They're not a cake at all. They're a pretend cake. <laughs> they are. According to the it's according to the UK courts, they are a cake. Jen. Just what? Well, I mean, you know, OK, but because obviously they're citrusy and you have to eat them the right way up, which is chocolate side up to the roof of your mouth and, and, and that. OK, if I've got a, a cookies biscuits, because like, something like a white chocolate chip cookie, macadamia nuts, that's cool. Or is that a cookie? Does that not, is that not a biscuit? I don't think it's ever been brought up in a court of law, so I think you might be safe. I don't know. Oh, OK, uh, failing that, failing that because I'm grumpy now, a custard cream. Yeah. I love a custard cream or soup. God, my girl Jenny. Oh, custard cream. And you can't just eat it. You've got to take the top off, lick the innards out. The custard cream process. Exactly. And you can't have just one. I don't like custard creams. What? You don't like custard creams? No. <laughs> well, anyway, this has been the last episode of the podcast. Thank you very much for coming, everyone. Uh, if, any, if anyone knows of any any good co-hosts. <laughs> oh, Jenny, I've been dunked. <laughs> Jenny, thank you very much for a absolutely packed show we've got lots of stuff out of you there and some very interesting stuff to help people think about what they need to do if they want to make a good impression and the various ways in which they can do it so uh, before we finish off uh, if people want to come and get in touch with you and find you and find out a little bit more about what you do and maybe get some more help from you or just throw some questions your way how can they do all that they can reach me via my website which is www.masteryourmessaging.com This is the Big Little Business Show, the podcast with bigger tips for small business. I was just thinking about actually that first time, the first time we met. And um, I think it was because you just were you. And I think that goes back to actually what we're talking about. You were just real. You were just authentic. And this is me and this is who I am. You weren't coming in with the, what's the word? Bravado. Yeah. Why would you want to be anything other than just yourself? Because I think people, it goes back to what what we were saying, that people think they should behave in a certain way to give the best impression. But there's no point because eventually people will know who you are anyway. 
You can't sustain that. Exactly. You can't put on an act because if you're going to get to know that person, at some point you're going to have to drop that act and be you. So why don't you just do it from the start? Yeah, exactly. That's what I say. And of course, Jenny made a really good first impression on me because she's a custard cream lover. I really don't like them. I'm sorry. I can't I can't pretend that I do because I really don't. I just think they're really powdery and really... An actual, probably, do you know what it is? It's, I used to give them to my dog. It's a dog biscuit for you. Okay. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, but I mean, you like a bourbon though, right? Yeah, I do like bourbons, yeah, but they don't, they're not quite as insanely sweet. What's the difference? I mean, they're, 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 it's just like a chocolate version of a custard cream. No, well, they're longer. They're different shape. <laughs> All right, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, geometrically, they're different. I'm not going to agree with you, no. Joking aside and custard creams aside, Jenny came up with some really valuable information, not only about what you should do, uh, and how you should behave and how uh, you can really make a great first impression, but also a few things that perhaps you might want to avoid too. Yeah, and also the, the differences in, the, well, the changing world we're living in and how important it is to create that first impression and also less is more. I, I do really feel that that's a big lesson for a lot of people, that people may have a tendency to try to cram it all in really quickly because they don't want to miss anything out. But actually, by just saying those golden nuggets and using the right phrasing and the right wording will encourage people to voluntarily want to know more. Therefore, they're open and more receptive to what you're going to say. Yeah, I agree. And it's always nice to ask questions, I think, as well, when you're trying to make a first impression on someone. Find out, flip it on its head when someone someone meets you for the first time. Yeah, ask them some questions. Find out about them and be genuinely interested in the answers they're giving you too. Hmm. Yeah, because I, I mean, I love working with people. I love getting to know people and I am just who I am. I don't make any airs and graces. And, um, and I think, you know, if you're comfortable with yourself and other people are going to, well, either be comfortable with you or feel sorry for you, one of the two. Yeah, so I think the golden rule is there. I mean, just just be yourself, take a deep breath, relax. Like I said, I think when we were talking with Jenny, you know, some people are going to like you, some people aren't. You're not going to be everyone's perfect fit and there's nothing wrong with that. That's what makes the world unique, right? We're all different. We all have something else to bring to the party and some, you are naturally, as a, as a human being, going to gravitate towards some people and more others than not and that's okay too. So before we come on to the final part of our show, next week on the show we invite Adam Daniel back. You may remember about two or three weeks ago we had Adam on for his very first slot recommending a few business and self-development books that you should be reading. He's back next week. He's got some top reads for you so look forward to that next week but every other week we like to give a little bit of an announcement and uh, give big up someone who's been listening to our show or is connected with us on uh, Instagram Facebook LinkedIn uh, or Clubhouse now as we seem to be sort of spending quite a bit of time there um, so who are we talking about today so I'd like to give a shout out to the lovely Shona O'Malley I'm hoping I pronounced the surname properly there this is Shona the mad Irish woman isn't it Shona has had us in stitches on Clubhouse over the last couple of weeks so um, but Shona has a fantastic business uh, Shona is the owner of Phoenix Family Transformations um, so what she does is uh, Shona looks at the causes of individuals behaviours in order to help them to move through those challenging times to ultimately move forward yeah she's a lovely lady and if you ever come and join us on one of our rooms on Clubhouse, uh, she normally pops up. Once heard, never forgotten, Shona. Uh, but she's she's a lovely personality. So yeah, go and check her out. Where can we find her again? Uh, so her website is Shona S H O N A G H O M A L L E Y. 
Com. So that pretty much wraps it up for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you to our guest, Jenny, for all her really important and useful information. And if you want to connect with her, one of the other ways you can do that is to come and find our big little business club on Facebook where all our previous guests live. So if you need some expert advice on any of the episodes that you've listened to uh, over the last more well, nearly a year or so now, uh, then go and find our big little business club by searching for it on Facebook. And we're all done. Don't forget to hit subscribe. And we're all done. Don't forget to hit subscribe or follow and check out. And we're all done. Don't forget. You always hiccup over that word subscribe. <laughs> I ran out of saliva in my mouth. Hang on a minute. Oh, that's too much information. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Don't forget to hit subscribe or follow and leave us a review. Let us know what you think about the show. And until next week, say goodbye, Claire. Bye-bye. The Beat. You've been listening to The Big Little Business Show with Paul Mumford and Claire Horsley. You can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts. Come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too. Just search for Big Little Business Show. There we are. Done. That's, that was easy. Once I had a bit of liquid in my gob, that was all right, wasn't it? <laughs> That's all right.